and welcome to another episode of Over the Curb podcast, a Formula One podcast for fans old and new by Formula One fans old and new. Joining again today, the team behind this incredible podcast, Shakurian Haribajo. What's up? Yay. Hello, 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 hello. I must say you're being generous uh, in saying that <laughs> we, me and Shakuni are making this podcast better. Of course you are. If you if you listen to the episodes that only you and I recorded, Honey Pajo, mm. like I am so serious. I don't give you room to make jokes. Like Shakuni, <laughs> I am taking this as if this is my UPSC ka exam. You know, like I'm like no no. This has to be like I have to be one hundred percent focused. So and yeah. then I come into the picture when I'm like. Yeah, and then, and I mean, the reason Shakuni and I have such uh, discussions is because I'm still taking things seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the essence of the podcast. It's just me taking things seriously and you both are like, okay, Mansi, you know what, calm the fuck down. Yeah, that's, that's the sweet spot of our podcast. So, uh, guys, um, welcome to the Imola GP preview. I'm so excited. First sprint weekend, potentially first wet weekend. Oh. Wet weekend sounds like something totally different if you don't know that <laughs> talking about Formula One. But I am excited. This is the first if, wet weekend. If taken out of context, yes, it makes... it, it it becomes something totally different. But there's a 90% chance of rain on Friday. Boom. Uh, I wish it happens in the race. Yeah, I mean, we have known from our past experiences that uh, time and again, rain has avoided Formula 1. We just hope it's not the case this time because uh, a wet qualifying is going to shake things up. Like, really yeah. shake things up. <laughs> And we all remember what happened last time in the wet Emola GP. So, anyways, before we go to Emola, there are a couple of things that we have to talk about first. Um, and the thing that I want to start with is how the drivers talked about the safety car in Australia. Oh my God. <laughs> Such hatred towards the speed of that Aston Martin. And my favorite part was... Uh, Russell and Charles in the um, in the re, uh, in the conference, like the the drivers interview, and uh, Russell says, "Oh, the uh, Mercedes safety car is five seconds the lap faster than the Aston Martin one." And Charles says, "Maybe we should get a Ferrari safety car. It would be five seconds faster than the Mercedes." <laughs> oh. No, this is the this is one of the oldest jokes in Formula One, but it still works somehow. Yeah, I yeah. mean. You love to see it. I love it. You love to see that. <laughs> oh, yes. But FIA gave a statement and really defended uh, the safety car and said that the speed and everything is decided based on safety, which does not make sense because there was almost an incident that happened under the safety car. So, yeah. but okay, so I read lots of reports where people were blaming Gasly for uh, the entire thing because Gasly was the car in front and driving because slow. He was, yeah, mm-hmm. he was driving very slow, which made Mick take that uh, decision off. But I, 
I don't so understand. I'll, like, I'll tell you what happened. I'll I'll just recap the entire incident. Okay. So this is a very normal practice of uh, you know drivers speeding up and slowing down to maintain their uh, tire temperatures and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Gasly brake and Yuki reacted to that braking and slowed down, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that forced Mick. to slam on the brake and dive towards the left to avoid the collision yeah oh, no no so mick mick was building gap to accelerate and he somehow he didn't know what was happening in front of sunoda and he just accelerated at that same moment sunoda slowed down because of gasly yeah so yeah. i mean but now in my uh, like in my mind i am thinking who exactly is at fault because gasly in a way was not brake testing he was just doing what Yeah, like you know, drivers do in the uh, during the uh, like safety car. Sunoda was just reacting to Gasly, and Mick was just doing his own thing. So who exactly is to blame in this situation? So this is the thing again. No, uh, no one said fault. This is a grey area, and they have covered it up right now. Like the racing incident. Yes, exactly. That's why Mick wasn't penalized, right? I yeah. think so. I think so. Yeah, and FIA being FIA after the incident happens, changing the rules. No, so uh, what they have asked for is to have a conversation with the teams and the drivers to see what they can do because they can at max have a ten car uh, length between them under a safety car. No more than that. It's way more safer. Which is way more safer, but I don't see it happening. Like. It doesn't happen in safety car. But if there's a rule and you'll be penalized for it, drivers will obviously obey the rules, right? What if you don't maintain the gap of like ten car lengths according to the rule and you get penalized? No driver wants the penalty points under, <laughs> you know, breaking the rules and. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is that it's a maximum distance of ten car lengths. I mean, you can be closer than that as long as you don't do the crossing of. the rear wing that but that is on the restart procedure that is not a, about like so mm, but i think there is a minimum also right a minimum of 3 to 4 car lengths gap should be maintained under the safety car i am not sure about the minimum requirement but the maximum is 10 car lengths the problem is more that you know this accelerating braking thing is going to be is the thing that is causing problems apparently okay uh-huh. i have an idea i have hmm. an idea tell me if it's good or not yeah you the drivers are not allowed to accelerate or slam onto the brakes under the safety car but they can weave around as much as they want to keep up the temps uh yes i think yeah 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 they can they can they can be this makes more sense right yeah i don't yeah. think accelerating and braking should be a part of under the safety car yeah, yeah, yeah under safety car that should not be allowed but then with but, the weaving what happens is like when the incident uh, like if you remember stroll stroll then like you know stroll and people like him who weave a little too much like so if you see strolls weaving he literally goes all the way across the road like he literally it does a little zigzag on the road. so mm. that will also cause a problem for the driver who is driving behind him because then he that driver does not get reaction time right car should be weaving uniformly like every car should be <laughs> weaving in that case <laughs> You you remember that one uh, video <laughs> where all the cars are weaving and then Kimi is the one who's Kimi, trying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's go straight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boss yeah. move, like I don't care. <laughs>
uh but again see the reason that we are not the race directors and stewards and the other people are and they are getting paid for it is because they need to be the ones who are thinking like this it's not our job our job is to only criticize them so that's what we are going to do yep also uh, i mean because we record our episodes very early like right after the race there were apparently there were fans already in the pit lane before before the race ended so alvin goes into the pits to into the pits for his pit stops and there are already fans in the pit lane Wait, did you guys what? know that i did not did, know i no 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 i am <laughs> i am unable to find the link between what you are saying this is at oh, the pit exit oh. pit exit yeah see i told oh, no yeah and nothing has been said about this that's bad that's bad yeah and and i mean like we know what happened right alex albon came just ahead of zo imagine yeah. if he had to slow down a little bit more because of these stupid fans he would have lost a point he would have lost his point this championship point Mm. and where is the security like how is the fia letting this happen or even like the organizers of the uh, organizers at the track like how is this happening why is this not being talked about or what is the action being taken or maybe something is happening behind the doors i don't know but like these but this should not happen this should not have happened like the fa- even the fans should have been fined very heftily because if for example think that see the, the like even if slow Alex Albon is still going to go at 60 80 miles per hour speed right it's very 80. very yeah so yeah so even at that speed any of the fans if caught in between would have broken their like bones or anything see like the it, thing is that if, if if this is Alex Albon's pit exit the checkered flag hasn't waved yet because Charles was okay Charles was ahead but i think he would have who he would be somewhere in sector 3 so the race hasn't ended just because the last lap has started does not mean you have to wait till the checkered flag till all the cars have uh, you know crossed the line and they are going to the pit lane what is 2 minutes before going to do for them like i don't understand i understand everybody is excited about the gp returning after 3 years or whatever but like you are putting yourself and another driver at risk Yep. Can you imagine the controversy? Had he had to slow down, and he would have lost the point to Zou. That that would be the worst possible way to lose a point. Yeah, and who would you blame? Like, why I would Zou no say say that? Okay, it is justified for you to take my point away because the organizers did not do their job. Hmm. Who will get the point then? I don't think there is anything in the sporting regulation regarding this. No. Yeah. Definitely so. not. Exactly. So, <sighs> anyways, moving on. So that was it. Okay. The next thing about Emola. Emola is the first sprint weekend of this year. So for anybody who does not know what a sprint weekend is, or if anybody has not listened to the first episode of the podcast, the race weekend. explain what are you doing in your life go listen to the first <laughs> first episode no but if yes. you are joining us if you're not that kind of person who wants to listen to the previous episodes i totally understand that but sprint weekend is you have the qualifying on friday and there is a sprint race which is a 100 km race which lasts around 20 odd laps depending on the track length uh 
where um, it's it's like a mini you know sprint race so there will be two races basically so the qualifying is going to be on friday then you're going to have a practice session on saturday afternoon then sprint race saturday evening and then the main race on sunday as it always happens and this time there are points too many points too yeah. many points too many points to be gained so the first I mean, eight people will first eight drivers will get points eight to one as opposed to what it was last year which was the top three getting three to one which was pathetic which yeah. is why sprint races were so boring except um, brazil yeah in terms of oh. points they were boring but in terms of the race itself no i wouldn't say that yeah like yeah agreed in terms of the racing great racing but in terms of what great racing did you see hey yeah. did you forget silverstone alonso exactly i was just about to say that silverstone alonso okay and hamilton brazil hamilton brazil and then uh, i think bottas was in bottas the, in monza yes he bottas was leading the race yeah that's it he he started somewhere on the pole and he was leading the race no But, he did not start on the pole pole was first step no no okay. no pole was first step pole was first step ah oh wow one saucy uh, overtake at the first lap and that's it that was it <laughs> but the point is bottas overtook what happened <laughs> wow how are you not seeing that but the, the, that that happened in like the the starting laps and then you had to endure 18 laps of nothing else happening except gasly losing it and starting in the main race at the back of the grid like it was so boring ரிஸ்க் because mm. we see what happened with gasly right but now with top eight, now there is out of 20 drivers only three can make uh, it to what do you say only three can make it to top three right so why would a guy running in seventh make unnecessary risks to get to p3 rather than mm. he's like oh if i got two easy overtakes okay cool i'll i'll maintain this position five and i'll start the main race on fifth rather than risking everything but now there is a there is a much bigger incentive mm. i thought the sprints were like the starting 3 4 laps were still interesting to see but after that it was a snooze fest except brazil but that's only because hamilton started in the back if he was not disqualified from qualifying even brazil would have been a boring race like the sprint at least fair fair fair, fair. yeah But, so uh, to make so to make this more interesting they should i think they have to adapt the formula to 2020 kind of format uh, where they that? where they reverse the top 8 right exactly yeah 
they can qualify higher and they can gain the points i still will go with much lower expectations when i first heard that they are increasing the number of points i was excited but then again i was like let's see let's see where the season is going i, I can see people like verstappen being too eager because the poor chap is like sixth the drivers championship but mm. yeah i also okay you, you know I what kmax said about this uh, yeah. about these points yeah okay so when when he was asked about these points uh, being spread out to eighth position mm. <laughs> he said yeah i have a uh, some clause kind of thing in my contract where i score a point i get money oh so, <laughs> so i like it if i <laughs> it's an opportunity for me i like it <laughs> i mean makes sense yeah it's like a goal bonus I in mean, football just imagine like has from not scoring anything to kmac just coming in and has scoring points in back to back races yeah. while we are at has guess what yeah someone's stomach is burning seeing how has is performing i was talking oh. about the teams who complained oh yeah oh dude like this is i'm so proud of has when i watched the first season of drive to survive has was the underdog that i was rooting for and I, i'm like i'm so happy that we are in a place today in this season where there are genuinely there are three teams that complained and uh, they said Out that they which... want they want the FIA to um, investigate the similarities between the ferrari and the haas obviously haas uses the haas uses the ferrari engine but they think that it's a it's a little too like they are just too worried about how how good the haas is which i think is a dick move like i would just say this but i also know there is a standard practice in the sport but i still think it's a dick move okay here is the funny part about the news yeah i don't know how much it is true but uh, <laughs> one of the teams is mercedes yeah yeah well right now they're not fighting ferrari <laughs> right now they're fighting haas and mclaren and to a certain extent the red bull imagine when it, when it imagine performs. Yeah. Mercedes not complaining about racing point and now complaining about Haas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. that, that if you remember the drive to survive if you remember the drive to survive Toto openly said that yeah they did uh, steal uh, I genuinely think that they did steal it and it's a pink for Mercedes. I think Toto openly said that. Yeah, But I mean after complained. after pink a pink mercedes we have white ferrari white ferrari, white ferrari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm so happy i am the one who predicted that haas will finish 8th and uh, i may be wrong they might finish higher yeah yeah that's what i was about to say they might finish higher yeah i know. i bowed on to you yeah i think we just all of us expected way too much from aston martin I What even think that our prediction of Alpine is going to go low. I mean, it's it's still it's this is very um, very very early to say, especially for the midfield. Like, if you if you ask me today that is there a chance? How big of a chance there is that Charles gets the driver championship this year? I would say there is a very high chance because he has such a massive lead in just three races. 
like such a massive lead it's uh, i think the second driver has 37 points charles is at 71 mm. that's a bonkers lead that's a 34 point lead like charles can dnf in one race and still lead the championship so yeah i think uh, charles has had a very good head start and uh, if he continues to do uh, such reliable runnings in his races i think uh, this championship might get decided way sooner yeah yeah, yeah. podium sir enough for charles from now on yeah and couple of race wins couple of races yeah every four five races if he wins like one or two he's good yeah 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 and no dnf no dnf yeah. but he still has a lot of cushion to like have dnfs like he will i think if he continues like this he will have the luxury to say now and today i don't feel like hey anything. stop jinxing yeah please <laughs> <laughs> we're oh having god. one good season after two years and you're just jinxing it now my god if something happens this weekend honey bad is kill going to kill me <laughs> i'll kill you <laughs> yeah hmm okay we'll see what happens anyways um upgrades i want to talk about upgrades because i have no idea what is happening one day you hear nobody is bringing upgrades the next day you hear one of the teams is bringing upgrades i think uh, i think alpha tauri is bringing upgrades now uh, despite there being one practice session so the reason teams are not very um very keen on bringing upgrades is because there is only one practice session before the racing thing starts because qualifying happens on friday so i don't know ferrari for sure is not bringing i think mercedes is also not bringing i think mercedes has given up mercedes is like there is no way no 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 that, so i that, just read uh, i just read a news article so mercedes they have not brought car uh, like uh, new upgrades but they have done lots of repairings and lots of tuning of the car the entire easter weekend and like they have worked throughout the entire holiday and uh, they have made some changes but not like they have not done any upgrades but they have uh, repaired and they have you know done some maintenance work and uh, what toto said is that we are still not at the pace of the ferrari and the red bull but we are close is what he yeah. said yeah yeah he also told that mathematically if you want if he wants to put it he would give it like a 2080 odds yeah, yeah what what i also read is that their biggest problem is correlation so what they what they are seeing in the sim and the wind tunnel is not mm. replicating on the track so mm. their biggest problem is there and i think it, a lot of it has to do with their side court design mm. because uh, at least in the barcelona test the mercedes was still looking good and bahrain their problem started when they came with the improved side pod design yeah yeah okay speaking of ferrari um, carlos sainz contract stalemate carlos sainz wants a two year contract ferrari wants it to be a 1 plus 1 which is that they sign him for one year with an option to continue for the next yep so bahrain uh, i genuinely think that they should give a uh, like you know two year to science because science has proved himself every time on the track so i think he deserves the two year contract 
Honey Badger, what are your thoughts? I want I want sign Carlos to sign a at least a three year deal. Oh yes. Until yeah, until mix uh, until Mick gets into his groove. Ah, you should not have said that. <laughs> Oh my God, this is going to be another Mick Schumacher rant. Oh. I, I would every day say, say that just to annoy you. So here's the thing. So I want science to sign at least a three-year deal. But I wouldn't mind if science had a one-plus-one-year deal and uh, he drives until 2023 season end and then Mick gets into Ferrari. Considering the fact that, assuming Mick has done something spectacular in 2023 season. See, after that, even I might not object if he does something really amazing in these two seasons, like in 2022 and 2023 season, if he does something amazing, I will not object. I will clap for his transfer. But until then, I am not on board with this because he does not deserve that seat. As of yeah, now, yeah. right now, nobody's signing him right now. Okay, we yeah, get yeah, it. Right it has now. not, he's not ready for that Ferrari seat. Nobody's so, saying so, that oh, he is. You, you should see how fans are gaga over him. Are fans are gaga over Max Verstappen's championship win also. Does not make <laughs> them right, man. Okay, no, fans no, are no. gaga. You will find fans of all thoughts on the internet. Yeah. We are not so, those fans. We are realistic. Just to give you a context, I want Mick to uh, replicate a season like 2018 season where that Charles, Charles had, had. Uh, that Charles had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if something on the similar lines we can see, then I wouldn't mind Carlos Sainz leaving Ferrari in 2024 and Mick replacing him. So that's my thing. Or else I would love to see Sainz for until 2025 or 26. I think that's that's overestimating Mick Schumacher a little too much and underestimating what Charles did in 2018 a little too much. Because Charles's season in 2018 was was exceptional. Like exactly, a, he deserves that team. Like Charles is not going. They are they are trying to keep that. And the reason I would uh, prefer Carlos to get a one plus one option is because. 2023 is where most driver contracts are ending. Kind of like what we had in 2020. So I think that Carlos Carlos Sainz should keep his options open rather than, you know, being... Because once that 2023 contracts are over, once that silly season is over, those contracts will again go on for like at least two years. Some of them will sign one-year deals, but then there will be at least... uh, there will be lesser number of options. So, from his career point of view as well, I think it's good if he does a one plus one deal. Like, I think that should be the, that should eventually be the consensus that happens. Okay. Okay, Helmut Marco said something about Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen said that he's not even thinking about the championship. Yeah, no shit, Max Verstappen. You're sixth in the championship. (laughs) No, so it it is basically Angur Khatte. It's nothing else. It's just pure Angur Khatte. Dude, the number of Helmet Marco quotes, we need to do an episode on him. Just like, just from 
from january 1st till date what all has helmet marco said like that can be a one hour episode in itself oh I that could have been our april full thing no but when you say helmet marco said something truly bizarre there is a chance that it is true like it's not hard to believe yeah, so that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it would have been so crazy ki like has helmet marco said this and then we are like no yeah, but like it would have been like you believing the spa news right because if i would have said something like that you would be like ha huh, it is possible it is true why are you saying this is fake news that's that's what uh, i'm saying true He yeah is... because that can can literally say any fucking thing oh my god it needs to stop talking chacha ko koi bol do ki news record hoti hai like whatever you say gets written somewhere and published also i don't dude he is responsible for driver development and shit like that why is he giving statements about fight with mercedes fight with ferrari i don't understand you responsible for the drivers just just talk about the drivers man he's teaching the drivers na he is teaching the drivers if you lose play the drivers what matlab yuki ko yuki ko gaali dene ke alawa kya sikhaya usne are bola to if you lose blame mercedes if you lose blame ferrari my god guys i laugh at those memes seeing helmet marcos quotes my god oh my god also oh. also i have to mention i have to mention a couple yeah. of years back in formula 2 uh, i don't know if the driver is currently driving in formula 2 or not you remember dan tiktum No. Oh yes, 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 yes. He was he was the teammate of teammate of no. He was the teammate of Sunoda. Ah, uh, I think no, no, no. No, not Sunoda. He was the teammate of uh, Albon only. Which other Albon? Albon? No, no, no. Maybe. So, <laughs> Elmer Marco said something about uh, Dan Tictum after uh, one of the F two race. like uh he criticized him heavily saying that uh, he needs to step up he's not a good driver uh at this if he drives like this he's not fit uh, fit to be a red bull academy or something on the similar lines he said and guess what the next race dan tiktum scored double podium <laughs> and helmet next- would have taken the credit he was like oh it's because i said something like that <laughs> you might not be wrong though <laughs> oh i mean anything is possible when it's about helmet marco man uh, that that man needs to stop talking anyways speaking of stupid crazy things that people talk about mika hakkinen on lewis hamilton Mm. I wonder how lewis behaves in team meetings i bet he's sulking i can imagine it lots of complaining and whining this starts the natural thought process of drivers should i go somewhere else okay first of all mika hakkinen you are projecting you are assuming that that's how lewis hamilton reacts and based on that you are like oh i'm pretty sure he's considering that he wants to go somewhere else other than mercedes why are you assuming things man why why sexy lag raha tha best line ever <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Okay on that light note let's do predictions 
uh because it's imola and uh, i want this to happen i want uh, ferrari 12 but who is one hmm kafi tricky question science charles science charles okay and third yeah hamilton third okay hamilton third fastest lap science science Okay, logical. And uh, my three predictions would be mm, Alonso out of Crazy. I can see this happening. No, no, my entire prediction list, like it's very upside down. No, I can see it happening because science has the pressure he needs to perform to be in a better negotiating position. I can still see Red Bull having reliability issues, and uh, I, I still, to a certain extent, expect team orders for George Russell to let him. Team orders for Russell, really? If If there is a position where it can happen, yes, I, I. Wow. I okay. I think it's it's e- even if it is like so, even if it is not like broadcasted on the radio, I think there is an understanding that is given to George. So George, if you are in that position, that you can because Hamilton had to. Um, back off from attacking uh, perez in australia because of his engine overheating otherwise he could have gone for p2 anyways honey badger you are up my prediction should be science perez charles everybody is science perez charles oh okay fastest lap fastest lap science okay uh for general predictions i would go with uh, at least one haas in finishing in top 8 in sprint qualifying ooh top 8 in sprint okay at least two cars dnf in the future race i mean the race on sunday and norris top 10 norris top 10 in the main race I can already give this point to you that this I think will happen. Okay, so Kramer's predictions are Max Charles Perez for the podium, fastest lap to Perez, and then he says at least uh, one Mercedes DNF. <laughs> Second prediction is Latifi finish above P thirteen, <laughs> and the third one is only one Alpine in points. possible very possible uh the alpine thing or latifi thing alpine alpine yeah uh, i can also see that happening my general as predictions i will i think i am going to piss both of you off with my predictions so my podium predictions are charles signs and norris uh fastest lap to charles and my general predictions are at least two non mercedes customer dnf 
also like i found this out later but um daniel ricardo did not make a uh, so like uh, mclaren team orders were for daniel ricardo to stay behind norris because norris had some problem with the car and so for the team to maximize the point they needed ricardo behind norris to make sure that he's able to defend because norris did not have the pace so if it if not for those team orders ricardo would have finished ahead of norris anyways all right that was our emola uh, race preview episode thank you thank you guys for joining and making this happen thank you everybody for listening if you if you like the episode please like share subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends uh, and leave a rating on spotify if you can we are also available on google podcast if you want to listen to us there if you don't like spotify for some reason uh, if you have any feedback or if you want us to cover anything or if you would like to be part of the podcast please write to us at overthecurvepodcast@gmail.com you can also reach out to us on our socials we are on instagram at overthecurvepodcast and on twitter at overthecurvepod until after emola bye bye guys you can say bye to bye 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 bye